step inside the Welcome to Inside the Wooniverse, Woo Squared. That's a little bit of woo times two. In these shorter episodes, you're going to hear more of me, like an audio journal, on universal topics like abundance, resilience, working with the moon, manifestation, meditation, and much, much more. Inside the Wooniverse. Hey, everybody, it's Colette Baron Reed. I am here with Woo Squared, where my executive producer, Connie Deletti, and I talk about, well, we just basically talk about what you want us to talk about. So we answer your questions. We talk about topics that you want us to cover, and we are going to have some fun today. I don't know what it's going to be, but Connie does. So Connie Deletti, take it away and tell me what we're doing. Okay. So we just recently sent out a survey to our listeners, basically all the newsletter list. Yeah, all our listeners. And we had a robust response. Um, a people robust. Wrote, yeah, robust. <laughs> hashtag robust response. Hashtag robust. Lots <laughs> of people. Okay, good. Lots of people, lots of questions. So you know what? We're going to dedicate not only this episode, but the next few episodes to your questions, our amazing listeners that we're so grateful for. And let's get started, Colette. Let's get started. Okay. okay. So we received a lot of questions about business and career. Great. Awesome. So thought, let's start there. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Perfect yes. timing. That's right. Because just a little sneak peek, right? You're starting to talk a lot about the spirit of your business. Exactly. And that's the name of an upcoming course that I have this year in 2023. And it's based on the 35 years of my experience, both as a business person, as a solopreneur, and then eventually running a large company and uh, as a spiritual teacher and an intuitive. So it's kind of my way of being able to show people a different aspect of their business that most people don't know is there. Mm-hmm. Your wheelhouse, 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my wheelhouse. This is a great question, I feel, to get started. Okay, so the question is, I have some psychic abilities and I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with those and make a career out of it. Do you have any suggestions? Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. Not every person with these abilities should make a career out of it, okay? I'll just be really honest. Uh, unless you're willing to do certain things. Now, if you feel called, like this sounds to me like the question is because the person feels called to do it because it's like, should I do this as a business? So I'm not going to say you should or you shouldn't, but I'm just going to give you some information about what it's like to have a business like this. Mm -hmm. So I, mean, I think it's really crucial that if you are going to step into this field of intuitive work, whatever you decide, to call it psychic. I prefer intuitive. Uh, it's up to you. Intuitive, mediumship, whatever. Um, you are stepping into a kind of a world where we don't have real clear definitions of what we do. And so therefore, we have to be that much clearer with ourselves about how we're supporting ourselves to stay in our integrity and to also understand our own internal language because just because people say, oh, I have psychic abilities or, you know, I can tune in, I can see certain things. Uh, well, what does that even mean? Right? What does that mean? So why are you doing it? So what is the purpose of having those abilities? Well, if we are going to make a business of it, it has to support someone else's personal growth and transformation. It has to be able to support them in some way. It has to be 
honest, rigorously honest, and you need to keep your channel clear. So if you're going to step into this, you have to trust that you're called to it. And that means you are receiving this information from somewhere. Now you may go, I don't know where I'm getting it, or maybe it's my spirit guides or whatever. I don't use that language particularly, but I believe that there's a conscious universe. We have people with psychic abilities or really advanced psychic abilities, because every single person on the planet has it, by the way. Everyone is intuitive. There's no such thing as you're psychic and I'm not. There's no such thing as that. Every one of us has this capacity. Just some people have more highly developed intellect and so therefore they don't pay much attention to that. We don't have a culture that supports the spiritual world. It's very separate from material world instead of you know connected to it. So imagine that you're receiving information from a conscious collective universe where information is always there because everything is electric, everything is alive, and information is constantly moving. Just like you can't see songs on the radio that is beamed into your house from a radio station because where is the song? Do you know what I'm saying? You turn it on and where is that? So it's the same thing. It's like you're turning on like a little button where where you're tuned into different radio stations. You might have a person in front of you, you're tuned into their station. So um, you need your channel to be clear because every psychic or intuitive would ever reach the filter of their life experience and personality. You need to make sure that filter is not dirty. You need to do your own work recognize the concept of projection. Am I seeing this truly for the other person or is this a projection of me onto them? It gets to be very, very complex. You know, if you're not careful, you know, you could burn out really quickly because it's like you're you're pulling from a resource. It, you know what? It's really interesting because I'm also a Reiki master. And um, what we learned in Reiki, and I haven't done it for years, but you tune into the energy of the universe and you bring it through. So it's not yours. You never deplete it because it's moving through you. Readings are the same. When your filter is clear and you're open to receive you are a channel for that information. And then it's your job to understand symbolism, metaphor, psychology, etc. Know all of this in order for you to give an accurate and um, clean reading to the person in front of you, which indicates that, well, if I do that, well, what do I need to do? Well, you need to meditate. You need to eat clean. You should be, you know, and again, if it's plant protein, great. You need protein. You know, you need to get grounded. You need to make sure that your channel is clean in all areas. You need to walk. Uh, so these are things a lot of people forget because it's so easy to be in your head or like out, not in your head, but in the upper realms and the mystical realms. It's very addictive. Oh, people want to escape the, the <laughs> where we are right now. Why not? But then you're disconnected from your body. So there's a lot of... I mean, I'm basically, you know, this is so much information I'm giving you on this one question, but that's what I learned over the years. In the beginning of doing readings, I meditated 45 minutes twice a day without fail. I even had a little gold pillow for my dog who would sit on my lap. I would say the word meditate and he'd come bounding in and jump on my lap on this gold pillow that I got from my parents. Amazing. And uh, yeah, I had to do that in order to just stay clean, stay clean. And if I wasn't doing my own internal work, like dealing with my own wounding, chances are I was going to have a client in front of me that was going to bring that up, you know, and I would see myself reflected. So you will see yourself reflected in people when they come to you. It's like an extraordinary thing that reminds us that we are part of an extraordinary collective of people on this planet. So whoever wrote that question, I'm giving you a giant hug. You know, you are joining many of us who have had to find our way. Nobody helped me. 
in the beginning. There was nobody I could talk to. There wasn't even an internet <laughs> when I started 35 years ago. I just had me, prayer, meditation, a therapist, and the tarot back then, and also trusting that the visions that I saw I could figure out with the client, you know, what, what I was seeing, but yeah, there's, there's a lot to this. It's a lot more than, wow, I can see things I should, people should pay me. Yeah. And your wisdom is so, it's so vast given your journey, your three decade and three and a half decade journey in yeah. this going from, I have these abilities to transitioning those abilities to being your primary way of service and absolutely also your calling and your financial income, like the whole thing. I so, call it the yelling, not the calling. Yeah. Oh, the yelling. Yeah. <laughs> when you really, yeah, yeah. Because I tried quitting yeah. for so long, right? Yes. I don't really do this. I'm really a singer. I think I said that solidly for six years. The first six years I did this until I realized like <laughs> mm-hmm. somebody actually called me from India for an appointment. I'm like, okay. Yeah. It's like, you're calling me from where? Crackle, crackle. Okay, crackle. And how did you hear about mm-hmm. me? I got your phone number in an airport. Wow. I'm like, you got my number in an airport. I remember crying after that too, going, because I used to pray and say, if I'm the real thing, let them come. And if I'm not, please, please, please take it all away because it's such a responsibility. Mm, when, mm-hmm. you know, like, what if you're wrong and you hurt somebody? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Absolutely, so as, yeah. as I, is this real? If it's not, please just take it, take it, take it, take it, and let me be a singer because that's really what I really want to do anyway. Really da, da, da. But yeah. the day that that phone call came in, mm. I burst into tears afterwards because I thought, I really am this. Yeah, absolutely. I am this. Yeah, this is me. I better double up on my, you know, and plus I was in a 12-step program too at the time. Well, you know, whatever. I'm clean and sober 37 years. So I was doing a lot of work on myself the whole time. Well, yeah. And you're underlying that there is in that transitory space, that alignment that's happening is about also accepting all the different things that come with that next level from ability to utilizing that to be of service. And so, yeah. Okay. So there's another question that I feel is a companion to this question. This is from someone else. So sure. Let's keep that thread going. (laughs) So the question is, is a person who has psychic abilities, but also does multiple things, who has the abilities, does readings, but also says they want to write a book. They want to be a musician. And they're looking to ask you, how do you make the choice of what to do? Do you do it all? How do you navigate that? So this might actually answer a multitude of questions you might have gotten. Cause I know you had, a, you said you had oh, yes. robust, uh, robust. <laughs> like you know, it's interesting yeah. as I know people tend to want to ask me questions about the work that I have done. How do they become me or how do they have the kind of mm. business that I have? But I do want to say that I spent a number of years as an intuitive strategist for Fortune 100 CEOs and people in the entertainment industry that, you know, that have a really high level of influence on cultural influence, et cetera. So, you know, my experience with business is not just this business, but I'd love to answer that. And I think people think you have to choose one or the other. If you feel called in a number of areas, I always say, you know, not everybody is meant to do just one thing. Like I I gave up music as a career because this was the one that called me and I got everything that I expected to get from the other career from this one. The essence of what I wanted and what I really felt I wanted to manifest came in a different form that I expected, but it came exactly as was meant to be 
I still sing, you know, I still record. I still record music. I have music on Spotify. On, mm-hmm. on a, <laughs> we should put my name on it, but it's a band called Social Magic, right? <laughs> There's two, just two songs so far We're on there, it but in the show we didn't notes. want to put our, <laughs> right? We, did, we didn't want to put our, my name on it because we were like, let's just put it up there for the heck of it. Anyway, so that became a hobby for me because I, you know, and I have been paid to do some commercial singing and to, I sang backup for a heavy metal thing. <laughs> it was just like for fun. Amazing. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah, like I still get to do it, but it's, it's you know, it's not my main thing. I have to say it's not really our choice. We know when we have to make the choice, but that'll come. Like it'll come organically. You're, I really believe, and, that, and that's when I talk about the spirit of your business, because you're asking me questions about business. You know, the spirit of your business, people tend to look at their business. And typically I'm talking about entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, right? Not necessarily corporate things because that's not, it's not really applying there, but I'm talking about this. Um, This is what I know. So um, that you see business as a vehicle that is inanimate where you make money through it. Uh, So you advertise yourself, you know, you go on social media, you do all these different things to promote yourself. And then you have systems that are sold to you and, and of course, you know, go do this. This vehicle is something you manipulate in some way to make you money. Like, then there's an exchange and it also is a way, it's like a vehicle for you to put your service into, right? Your contribution fits inside this box, right? But what if that box or that um, vehicle was alive? What if it was a living thing? Now, I am an animist. So I'm coming from this from an animistic perspective. And an animist means that I believe that there is a spirit in all things. In a blade of grass, there's consciousness. That a book has consciousness and a personality. It's a metaphor for this living thing that we have, right? So if our business actually has a spirit, then it needs to grow, be nurtured, evolve alongside of us. And it will tell us if we learn to have a relational dialogue and a dynamic relationship to it and see it as a living thing, that we could have a sacred relationship to it. The tagline actually for the the new course is take the hustle out of your hustle and make your business sacred. You know, how to take the hustle out of your hustle and to make your business sacred because we've been taught in hustle culture that we have to go, 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 go and force things or make it happen and whatever. But what if this thing has a destiny, right? Just like you do. You're part of it. You have a relationship to this. And would you take it out to dinner, introduce it to your friends? Or would you keep it in the closet? Like, do you treat it well or do you starve it? Do you like overwork? Like, is do you only want to push it for, for flow, flow, flow? Or can you take a break and ebb? What does it tell you? Like, I've had these process points with people where, you know, I'll test them out and say, okay, let's have a conversation with your business. And they're like, oh my God, I'm treating it so poorly. Or like, wow, it wants to do something else. Is that possible? Like, why don't you try it and see a different take? Because every one of us has this living relationship to our business. And I am directly speaking to solopreneurs, especially, and entrepreneurs in general. And I don't care if you sell matchsticks. If you have created a business and you were called to make baked pies, Mm -hmm. okay, like one of my clients did, left being a lawyer to bake pies, Um, you know, you have a commitment to this spirit that you have given birth to or that has come to you to help you bring your contribution to the world. And it's your partner just like the universe is your partner. It's kind of a, an aspect of the universe that says, I'm going to give you a form. I'm going to give you ideas for a form. I'm going to inspire you to make a form. But that form 
is not inanimate. That form is going to grow with you. It's going to teach you. It's going to challenge you. It needs nurturing. It needs care. And you need to listen to it. You can't dictate what it is oftentimes. So in answer to the question that you had asked me to that person, you know, saying like, what do I do? You have to, why, why don't you ask all of it? Sit them, sit them all down. Imagine you've got three of these things like beings or, you know, personalities. It's easy. Anybody can imagine this and have fun with it. It's not, it's not like it has to be real, right? To say, what would that say? What would, if, if your music was a, a being you could sit across the table from mm-hmm. and, and it had a spirit, what would it look like just for fun? And what would it say to you? And like mine just said, don't leave me. Okay. Yeah. I don't need to drive anything, but don't leave me because I'm the reason why you get to do the other thing, right? So I'm like, ooh, that means if I don't do art, and now of course I paint to ground me, that's a meditation and music, it just makes me closer to God, That right? That enhances my capacity to have a better relationship it's like having girlfriends makes me a better wife. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, with my husband. You're getting all of your needs met, right? right? Because <laughs> you're not just relying on one. So let's just bring it a little bit forward. So for anybody listening, we're sitting down, we have the business in front of us or our hobbies or other things we're called to do or yeah. create. And so you're <laughs> sitting there with, and you're envisioning a conversation. So what just off the top of your head are some questions? So one is, what do you need from me? What can I do for you? Like what, what else would you yeah. ask? And then what, what is our purpose together? What's the purpose of our relationship? What can I do to make this easier? Or what can you do? Or like, in other words, what do I need to let go of in order to make this work better? That's another good one. Like the quality of your question, and this is yes. what I teach in Oracle School, and this is even what we dive into in my mastermind in DreamQuest, where I have 22 people for eight months, where we really dive in. It's like, okay, let's take this aspect and say, what is the, the quality of your question is going to determine the quality of the answer and the ability for you to allow your imagination to just be, and I know it works because the first time... I had done, I studied voice dialogue, the Helen Cedarstone method, which actually was one of the uh, methods that inspired me to create Envision, the total mind shift process, which is my coaching program. Love it. Anyway, so I remember one of the questions was like, if you were to call up your ego to talk to your ego, what would it say? So I expected like this, you know, mega movie star-ish looking woman to show up my ego, right? You know, like like I'm so hot. Hello, and fabulous. So yeah. I went into my meditation and <laughs> I, I saw the table and I invited my ego to come forward. And I swear to God, I got a Mr. Potato Head, <laughs> <laughs> a little hairy Mr. Potato Head that had a sign around its neck that said, you are fat. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the table, yeah. sir. <laughs> right. I was like, Oh my God, what is that googly eyed thing? And it was so ugly like a raisin. (laughs) And part of the exercise was that, you know, I was to hold it like, because I was rejecting it. It was like to bring your wound to the table. And I realized, oh my God, it it showed up in the most bizarre way. I know it's so crazy. I was like so shocked. But you just wanted to give him a hug. I thought, is this? (laughs) Well, I didn't want to, right? Because it was like, I was ashamed. That can't be mine, right? And then I realized, wow, all of this sense of how, you know, how we actually refuse, deny, disregard um, the egoic mind as bad, shameful. And at the time, you know, like that was everything because I I was struggling with my weight and I had a band and you know what I mean? And that was like a big thing. And that if you were 
in my books, if that was the way I saw myself, then therefore I wasn't enough. I wasn't level. I wasn't worthy because that was the message I got in the music business. You're not even worthy if you can't get into size zero. And like, I've always been a, between eight and 10 my whole life. So I haven't been a size zero since I was four years old. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? I do know what you mean. So yeah. <laughs> but it was just my mm-hmm. wound. It was like, oh my God, I'm so ashamed. So anyhow, so like your imagination knows exactly what you need mm-hmm. to see. So that's the other thing I tell people, like, just let it be, yes. let it be. It's there. Mm-hmm. It'll come. Mm-hmm. It'll really show up for you. And it's fun. And it enables us to really have a playful engagement with what's already in our, I wouldn't say our subconscious, more the unconscious, because the subconscious is, is like rehashed, yeah. re- you know, stuff that you already yeah. know. But this is like from the collective mm-hmm. and, and also from spirit. And so you end up in this extraordinarily sacred dialogue with your business in a way that is surprising. So if you, if you are going to, you have to have deep listening to the business. Like what, it, how can I deep, instead of yelling at it all the time, I tend to talk over my husband just because I get all excited. And that's like, I want to finish his sentences to show him I'm listening. And meanwhile, he hears me not listen. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I have to have deep listening also with the business. I can't talk over it because I can't tell it what to do. Mm. I have to say, how are we serving? How do we contribute? And then it tells you, it's not what you expect half the time either. But if you're called, you'll know. And even if it's tiny, like, and, the, and then if you're just testing it, that's okay too. Like I always tell people, try things on like their shoes. You know, why not try different things? Then you'll really know that you, you get blissed out. If, if I didn't try painting it, I hadn't picked up a paintbrush in 30 years. Now I'm making my own Oracle cards. I'm doing the art in the Oracle. That was not my intention at all. It was just, but I was afraid of it because I don't know anything about painting. I just painted because I could, not because I learned anything. Now I want to go to art school, right? Because I really want to learn. But you know what I mean? So it's like, because we don't know, you have to just see. See if it's a fit. See if you feel blissed out. See if somebody benefits. Because at the end of the day, isn't that what this is? Business is there to benefit others, not just to put money in your pocket, right? Take that out of the equation and it'll come. You know, yes, you need to pay bills and whatever, but honest to God, it's all about the contribution. So if this person's question is about, I want to contribute through these things, go for it. Just go for it and then see what happens. It'll sort itself out, it will. Even if you want one thing more than the other, it's not going to happen if it's not meant to be, it really isn't. Woo Squared is a production of Universal Network Studios. A special thanks to our recording engineer, Chris Dupuis, content editor, Julie Fink, and audio post-production, Lonnie Carmichael. Original theme music by Jerry Mosby. If you love what you heard here today and you want to keep up to date on episode releases, prize giveaways, and so much more, sign up for our newsletter at itwpodcast.com forward slash newsletter. Thank you again for listening. And we hope you join us next time for another episode of Inside the Wooniverse, a podcast brought to you from the corner of Fringe and Maine. Inside the Wooniverse.